0: One month to go. I, I'm i not sure that I've ever been more excited for a political event than I am for the recall election, the gubernatorial recall election in the state of California. People of California, get rid of Gavin Newsom. You can do this. In fact, you should do this. You can do it, and you should, and you should do it for Jay Hay, who resides in the Communist Republic of California. Do this. Cast your vote for Jay Hay. Save him from Gavin Newsom. I, for one, I'll be perfectly honest here. This is full disclosure. I was surprised when uh, there were 2.1 million signatures collected to instigate this recall. There needed to be one and a half million signatures in order to get this on the ballot, in order to set a special election for the recall of Gavin Newsom. And not only did the people of California hit that mark, not only did they collect 1.5 million signatures, they collected 2.1 million signatures. And I mean, one of the happiest days of my life. So let's make September 14th even happier, let's get rid of Gavin Newsom once and for all. As you all know, I speak of it often. Um, I lived in California for, I think, seven, eight years. I love California. It's paradise. And the politicians are ruining it, none more so than Gavin Newsom. So in in the year prior to my departure from California, which wasn't for political reasons, by the way, but I'll get into that in a moment. The year prior to my departure from California, Gavin Newsom acted like a tyrant I called him the Tyrant King Gavin after the Tyrant King George from uh, the Revolutionary War era, of course, the British monarch that oppressed the United States or oppressed the U.S. colonies, uh, the American colonies, because he was acting just like a tyrant. Think about the COVID lockdowns in the state of California. 19,000 of your businesses were permanently closed down because Gavin Newsom declared some of you essential and some of you non-essential. Those who were just arbitrarily labeled as non-essential were forced to close your business And of course, because business is business, and you need customers, and you need profit, you need your doors open to survive, you were forced to close permanently. You lost your livelihood. You lost your family business. You lost everything. And meanwhile, in, in case you thought you could rely on your faith to get you through such hard time, Gavin Newsom shut down your churches. He limited the number of people who were allowed to worship in their houses of worship to choose to worship the God of their choice. He shut down our churches. Meanwhile, he said he did this in the name of the virus spreading. Well, that was obviously a lot of BS because Gavin Newsom, meanwhile, allowed Black Lives Matter rioters to congregate in mobs in the streets, in cities across the state of California, and did nothing. You weren't allowed to go and receive the Eucharist, but Black Lives Matter was allowed to worship the Marxist deity that they worship. Mask mandates are still a thing in many cities in California. Gavin Newsom was always one of the worst. He was, by the way, Gavin Newsom was the first governor in the entire country to issue a lockdown. He set the precedent for the lockdowns that swept our country. If if you'll remember how outrageous these lockdowns were, in the state of California, there was a paddleboarder, a paddleboarder by himself in the ocean who was arrested because the beaches were closed. He was arrested in the name of COVID even though he was by himself in the middle of the ocean and the actual contact with the police who arrested him was more contact than he had with any other person because he was by himself. So they arrested him so that he wouldn't, so that he wouldn't transmit COVID. And yet the only contact with other humans that he had were the police who arrested him. And don't even get me started on the hypocrisy of Gavin Newsom. Uh, the French Laundry anyone? I actually feel bad for this restaurant because this name is going, the name of the French Laundry is going to live in infamy. It's going to live in people's minds just as a memory of Gavin Newsom ordering people to stay home and then going out to eat himself, closing down your restaurant, but going out to dine himself, telling you to wear a mask and then not wearing a mask himself. The biggest hypocritical tyrant of them all. And this is, of course, in addition to the eviction moratoriums during COVID that hurt middle-class landlords in the state. Don't even get me started. We have just begun. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. (laughs) The most egregious damage to the people of California inflicted by Gavin Newsom was instigated uh, because of a slimy strategy. He used a slimy strategy to not only inflict this damage on the people of California, but then his goal is to keep this tyranny going. And I'll tell you why in just a second, but first I wanna talk about Moinkbox. If you could taste this bacon from moinkbox.com, believe me, you would order it right now. But for now, let me tell you, it's delicious. And I'm telling you, you've gotta get moinkbox.com. Now, you know I'm a vegan, I'm very open about this, it's for health reasons. Um, I asked my husband, who is not a vegan, for an endorsement, and uh, this is how he responded, meat, period. That is his endorsement. Meat, period. Well, in fact, it's accurate. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and Moink is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you find prepackaged in the meat aisle. Sign up at moinkbox.com list to get a year of bacon for free and then pick which meats you want delivered with each box. Moink was founded by an eighth-generation farmer featured on Shark Tank. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com Liz right now, and listeners to this show get free bacon for a year. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com Liz. That's moinkbox.com Liz. So Gavin Newsom is not only a slimy, smarmy, authoritarian tyrant, I know that's redundant, but he, he deserves it. Gavin Newsom not only violated our rights in California during COVID, he has a strategy in place to continue uh, this idea of a compliant citizenry that will allow him to exercise this dictatorship over the people. What do I mean? I'm talking about the education system. While your children were banned from attending school in person, while your children were forced to be masked in contradiction of the science in school, While your children attended school just on Zoom, Gavin Newsom's children attended a private school in person during the pandemic, and Gavin Newsom lied about it. That's because Gavin Newsom wants your children to attend public school, because in Gavin Newsom's public schools, there is radical sex ed taught to children as young as kindergarten. This radical sex ed is purportedly to be inclusive, to be educational. That is not The reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is radical sex ed that redefines and obliterates what gender is. The intention of that is to destroy objective truth, to destroy traditional sex, which destroys traditional relationships, which destroys marriage, traditional marriage, which destroys the traditional family, which renders people dependent on the government. It's essentially a tactic of Marxism. Critical race theory is also a tactic of Marxism that exists in Gavin Newsom's public schools, which is probably why Gavin Newsom is buddy-buddy with the teachers' unions in California. The California Teachers Association, he has worked hand-in-glove with them on, of course, the shutdown and masking your children. Meanwhile, Gavin Newsom has made it harder to start charter schools in the state of California. He has subjected them to oppressive new rules. Why? Because he wants public schools, government-run institutions, to indoctrinate your children in Marxism to indoctrinate them in anti-Americanism, to take away their capacity to independently think for themselves. Critical thinking is no longer uh, essentially allowed in Gavin Newsom's public schools because he knows that's the only way to create the next generation who will obey his tyrannical dictates. Crime, too, in the state of California, homicides skyrocketed in 2020 under uh, Gavin Newsom's dictates, his lockdowns. Well, this may make sense because Gavin Newsom limited the police force their, allow, their use of force. He limited the times, the situations, the standards for police use of force, which essentially handcuffs police officers. He also shuttered two prisons. So it's no wonder that homeless people in the state of California are out of control in the major cities, absolutely out of control. You can't walk in San Francisco without seeing needles, without seeing feces, without seeing homeless camps. Los Angeles is the same. San Diego, which is where I used to live, increasingly is getting worse and worse. Tent cities popping up in these major cities. Homeless people everywhere. Meanwhile, we've tried these radical leftist economic policies in California, and they failed. It's the highest income tax, the highest gas tax. We've tried redistribution of wealth. We've tried this extreme progressive taxation, and it doesn't work. Gavin Newsom presided over um, a budget that was the largest budget in state history. His spending was out of control. And what did he get? There's still this enormous disparity. And you, you know my opinion on economic disparity, income disparity, the left calls it. To me, it's not so much of a problem of the space between the lowest income and the highest income. It's where on the income ladder, the lowest income are. It's their standard of living, has that been raised? Has that been increased? Is their pros, prosperity increasing? Because if so, then it doesn't matter if there's a large gap between the wealthiest and the least. But in California, as I mentioned, the homeless population is actually growing. The unemployment rate is out of control, even as Gavin Newsom has tried universal basic income, free pre-K, and these other radical leftist policies. Gavin Newsom destroyed gig workers. He made it difficult for companies to... um, to categorize their employees as independent contractors, which is what people that work for Uber, people that work for Lyft, freelance writers and journalists, this is how they make their living. And if an organization is forced to categorize them as full-time employees with benefits versus independent contractors, what happens is the freelancers lose work. This is the work of Gavin Newsom. This is the harm he's inflicted on the people of California. And then the climate. We We hear headlines every year. We see video of these horrific wildfires sweeping California, destroying homes, destroying livelihoods, destroying businesses, destroying the environment in California. And why? Because Gavin Newsom refuses to engage in responsible forest cleanup in order to prevent these wildfires, or at least contain them to areas where there's supposed to be burnouts. Instead, Gavin Newsom has listened to these radical environmentalists who want to ban fracking. Gavin Newsom has declared that the state of California will ban fracking after the year 2024. He has banned gas-powered cars by the year 2035. That's what he's more focused on. Not you, but catering to radical environmentalists. Healthcare. The cost of healthcare in the state of California is out of control. And yet, Gavin Newsom, instead of doing something to make it more affordable for you and your family, he's using your tax money to give free healthcare to illegal aliens via Medi Cal. How does that benefit you, the citizen, the voter? How is that fair? It's not it actually makes the situation worse. In addition to these policies, Gavin Newsom is simply a micromanager. But when you have a micromanager in a position of government who's using their power to micromanage, it just makes you a tyrant. Here are some of the arbitrary bans inflicted on California people by Gavin Newsom. No small shampoo bottles at hotels anymore. Okay, why? No circuses with elephants, lions, or trained animals. And by the way, I understand The abuse that comes, or that sometimes is correlated with circuses, so ban the abuse. Don't ban circuses with trained animals. No selling fur products or trapping for fur pelts. These are so arbitrary, so random, so controlling, so authoritarian. And Gavin Newsom has inflicted them on all the people of California, in addition to handcuffing the people of California with their ability to actually hold a government in check or defend themselves. What I'm talking about is the Second Amendment. Gavin Newsom increased gun violence restraining orders. He banned so-called ghost guns. Ghost guns, by the way, are just blacksmithing. Our country has a long history of people creating their own firearms. It's not, ghost guns is a new terminology used for people who engage in blacksmithing. It doesn't make the gun bad. It doesn't make the gun evil. And it certainly doesn't solve the problem. It only, the only people who comply with that are law-abiding citizens. Criminals aren't gonna comply with the law because that's what makes them a criminal. Common sense, but common sense is lost on Gavin Newsom. And so on the border, I mean, let me tell you about the San Diego border. It's a mess. Illegal immigrants flood across the border in Southern California, and Gavin Newsom is silent. He's done nothing. He allows this to happen. At least other states have taken the border crisis into their own hands when the Biden administration has neglected to do anything, when the Biden administration has threatened our safety and security and our sovereignty. Gavin Newsom has done nothing for the people of California. So enter Larry Elder, a man who doesn't want fame, doesn't want money, doesn't want power, didn't even want to run for governor, but felt called to because of what Gavin Newsom, because of the pain and the suffering and the violation of individual liberty and constitutional rights that Gavin Newsom has engaged in. Over the past several years, Larry Elder is going to end mask mandates, end vaccine mandates. He respects your individual freedom and he respects your business. He will not shut down your business arbitrarily. Instead of banning fossil fuels because he knows that creates job and energy that keeps us up and running, Larry Elder is going to focus on smarter energy policy. Larry Elder will support police officers. He's going to end the dangerous no-cash bail policies of Gavin Newsom. He opposes critical race theory in schools, just like we all do because it's racism and it's Marxism. He will not cave to teachers' unions. He supports school choice so that you, as the parents, have a choice about your child's educational future. He will allow private and religious organizations to help the homeless in California and not discriminate against religious institutions the way that Gavin Newsom does. So people of California, don't flee California. I know I fled, but it wasn't for political reasons. We left for family reasons, and I miss it, and I wish I was back there to fight this fight. Stay and fight. California is worth it. You don't have to be a Republican. You don't have to be a conservative in order to know that Gavin Newsom has done terrible things for the state and that Larry Elder is there to fix it. Stay and fight for California. She is worth it. This is not the only election, by the way, that I'm fired up about. The 2022 elections are going to be crazy. They're going to be fiery, and I will tell you why, and just a moment why as Republicans, we should have hope that we will win elections. I'll tell you why in just a second, but first let's talk about ExpressVPN. So we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and your family's security online, right? But I recently learned that you can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are available only in other countries. This is what I mean. You just fire up your ExpressVPN app, you change your location in the app to the UK or any other country, You refresh your video streaming service, such as Netflix, and that is how it works. That's all there is to it. See, ExpressVPN, what it does is it hides your IP address. It lets you control where you want websites to think you're located, even if you're not. So you can choose from almost 100 different countries on ExpressVPN. So think of all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. It's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is the best because it's ridiculously fast. There's no buffering, no lag. You can stream in HD, no problem. Uh, you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen, wherever you are. If you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com Liz, I have a special benefit for you. You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So support the show. Watch what you want. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com Liz. So another race to watch on the other side of the country... We're not talking about California anymore. We are talking about the state of Virginia. The gubernatorial race over there is Terry McAuliffe versus Glenn Youngkin. Terry McAuliffe is the former governor, very, very radical leftist governor of California. He is running again because, I don't know, he wants to inflict uh, radical leftism on Virginians again. So it's very interesting if you look at the polling. I myself am a polling skeptic. I don't think that there is a way to control for uh, all the different factors and variables in people's minds before an election. And I think most polling turns out to be inaccurate, whether it was intentionally biased or otherwise. However, like everyone else, I enjoy looking at polls and I'd like to use them to try to predict what's gonna happen, even if it doesn't work out. So let's do that now. So the governor race in Virginia seems like it's essentially a tie right now, um, according to several polls. There was a poll, a coefficient poll that was shared with the Hill Uh, that showed that 47% of likely voters in Virginia said they would vote for the Democrat McAuliffe, while 45% that they would vote said that they would vote for Glenn Youngkin. 8% said that they were still undecided. So not only is 47 to 45 within the margin of error, 8% of likely voters, meaning people that are probably going to go cast a ballot, have not decided. That's pretty significant. That's one poll. There's another poll, a Trafalgar poll. This is from last month. That showed uh, McAuliffe at forty six point eight and Glenn Youngkin at forty five percent. Again, within the margin of error, barely, barely trailing, barely trailing. Now, what gets really interesting here is that in the state of Virginia, the gubernatorial races on the off years, or even even not gubernatorial races, just any off year election that happens in Virginia, um, oftentimes is a predictor of how people feel about the current administration, how people feel about, in this case. President Joe Biden. And if you ask Virginians, how do you feel about Joe Biden? He has a 47% approval rating among Virginia voters and a 46% disapproval rating, and eight were unsure. So, what does that match? That matches to a T the people likely to vote for McAuliffe versus the people who say they're going to vote for Glenn Youngkin. So, very, very interesting. And I mean, I I feel strongly about this because McAuliffe is so tied to the Clintons. He's a huge Democratic fundraiser. He's very radically pro-abortion. He's a terrible dude. Um, I do not want him to win. But this, this plays into what we talked about yesterday when we talked about what is the line of defense that conservatives can engage in against the Biden administration when Biden has the White House, of course, and the Democrats control the House and the Senate. Well, of course, the answer to that is win back the House and the Senate in 2022, and we'll get to that in a second. But states... States are the key. The governors, the legislatures, the attorneys general. And so when there's a swing state like Virginia where the gubernatorial race seems as uh, close as it is, we must get behind the Republican. This is one to watch. Now, this is where um, I think a lot of us worry about the integrity of elections after what happened in 2020. We worry, will the Republican Party ever win another election or are the Democrats going to engage in electioneering uh, to the point that it makes it, not, makes it not viable for us to win. And this is what I would say. Um, I find this to be very interesting, but the census data, now remember, constitutionally, the census is conducted every 10 years. And after the data from the census is compiled, that is when states across the country redraw their congressional districts based on the population information that was collected in the census. So we're at that point. Last week, the census data was released that will inform these new congressional districts across the country. And there are several interesting things that were inherent to this information. First of all, the number of white people in the United States declined for the first time in our nation's history. Interesting. The population growth overall in our country is at the slowest pace that we have seen since the 1930s. I don't know if those facts are apropos of anything, but they're very, very interesting to watch the trends in our country. So, from an election standpoint, Uh, Republicans control most state legislatures in the country. There are 30 controlled by Republicans and 18 controlled by Democrats. The other two uh, operate slightly differently. So 30 and 18 are the numbers that are the most important here. So the Republicans have an advantage here in the redistricting process. And the reason for that is because the redistricting happens on a state-by-state basis, a statewide basis. Essentially, the legislatures, the state legislatures in each state are the ones that are primarily responsible for drawing the congressional districts. In some states, they have these so-called independent commissions, these bipartisan or nonpartisan commissions, which I don't support. And the reason I don't support them is because I don't believe that people are nonpartisan. I don't believe in a lack of bias, and I don't believe in commissions that are unaccountable to the voter. So at least state legislatures, if they do something shady, if they engage in overt gerrymandering, if they abuse their power in some way, we can vote them out, right? But with independent commissions, if those positions aren't directly accountable to the voters, then it actually makes it more likely, in my opinion, that they will abuse their power. So I I don't support independent commissions. However, some states use them. The rest of the states use the state legislatures to redraw the districts, which brings me back to my original point. Republicans across the country control most of the state legislatures. 30 are controlled by Republicans. Only 18 are controlled by Democrats. So that's a significant advantage to Democrats because let's not kid ourselves. Gerrymandering is illegal, yes. Everybody engages in it to a certain extent. It's just whether it's so overt and so blatant that it'll be overturned in the court. But make no mistake, if Republicans control the state legislature, of course they're going to have an advantage in redistricting. Just like if Democrats control a state legislature, they're going to have an advantage in redistricting. If you deny that, you're probably naive, but simply denying uh, the reality of the thing. So again, there are um, several states that will get additional congressional seats uh, via this this census data. Texas is an example. They're going to get two additional congressional uh, seats because so many people, I believe, fled California and made it to Texas, and also because of illegal aliens and population growth in that uh, respect that happened in the state of Texas. Florida is also going to gain seats because they drew so many people from around the country uh, during COVID. So, um, an interesting thing to look out for. Going back to the gerrymandering, I want to I want to say one more thing on that. That that I would be remiss if I didn't if I didn't mention districts across a state must have a relatively equal number of people in each district. Otherwise, that makes them vulnerable to legal challenges. And Democrats typically sue when minorities in a state are packed into one district. So they will claim that that is um, diluting the voice of the minorities not to make a district that has a conglomeration of different demographic makeups. So those are some of the things that these independent commissions or these state legislatures have to think about when they're redistricting to avoid uh, legal challenges. But thirteen states are going to be redrawing uh, seats based on gained or lost gained or lost congressional representation. So seven states, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, California, Illinois, and West Virginia, will lose one seat each in Congress. And I mean, for New York and California, for Illinois, you kind of love to see it because that's one less Democrat in Congress, right? Ohio is a swing state. West Virginia can go either way. Michigan can go either way. Pennsylvania can go either way. So it depends on where the redistricting happens. Um, And again, this is where the GOP legislatures uh, play into it because it depends where in the state the district lines are redrawn, whether or not it would be a Republican that kind of lost their district or a Democrat who lost their district. So something to keep an eye out for. Um, Overall, remember, Republicans actually should have an incredibly good chance to take back the Senate and to take back the House of Representatives in 2022. I'm not trying to be overly optimistic here. I know that most of the Republican Party is concerned about election integrity. I know that you never wanna take anything for granted and you never wanna underestimate the Democratic Party, but the Republicans need just one seat to reclaim the Senate and just five to take control of the House. That's not much under any circumstances, but especially because since World War II, the party of the president loses on average 25 House seats in that president's first midterm election. It's pretty astounding, right? So combine that, all of this, this redistricting um, with Biden's inflation, Biden's massive spending, Biden's phony infrastructure bill, which is really just socialism in the Green New Deal, Biden's COVID policies, the lockdowns across the country, Biden's disastrous policy in Afghanistan, Biden's support of critical race theory in schools, whether he says it or not, his counting to the teachers' union, Biden's border crisis. You combine all of that with the redistricting, and yeah, it looks like Republicans have something to be optimistic about. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't work hard to do it. Okay, now it is time for what is one of my favorite segments of the show every week, the five stories the mainstream media will not report to you, or at least will not report to you accurately. Story number one is a real doozy, and it's really sad too, actually. When I saw this story, my initial reaction was, man, that's so many lives. That's so sad, because in Britain, according to a new report, there are over a million new alcoholics thanks to the COVID-19 lockdowns. A million people are now addicted to alcohol thanks to the lockdowns. Previously, this number was just 1.5 million, and that's a lot of people in and of itself, don't get me wrong. Previously, it was 1.5 million people in Britain who drank excessively, but when they did a recent survey in June, they found that that had increased by a million. It had almost doubled. It is now at 2.5 million Britons who drink excessively, who are addicted to alcohol. And what's worse? The biggest increase... In this excessive drinking, which of course is dangerous and bad for your health, was happening. People age 65 and older, and really, who can blame old people, any people, but specifically old people for being depressed? Especially in the UK, cancer treatment and cancer detection is abysmal now, thanks to delayed medical treatment, canceled surgeries. Their healthcare system is an abomination, thanks to COVID, and older people who have more severe and acute health problems are going to be the ones who suffer the most. One million new alcoholics. But did the mainstream media report that to you? Barely, barely. And they wouldn't certainly blame the politicians for it. Story number two border apprehensions. So, this is an interesting topic, I think, because the number of people that we catch coming across our border is not indicative of the number of people who cross our border but make it into the United States without being apprehended. I believe the number and You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe the number is something like 20% of people are caught crossing the border and the rest are not. That's the best estimation that some people make. So when we have numbers like 200,000, 212,000 apprehended crossing our border in July, think about how many people crossed our border that were not caught. So since Joe Biden took office, 100,000 in February crossed and were caught, 170,000 in March, 178,000 in April, 180,000 in May, 188,000 in June, 212,000 in July. That is over 1 million illegal immigrants who crossed our border who were apprehended. How many crossed and weren't apprehended? And the left tells us, of course, that you know these people are being deported under Title 42, Title 42 being a provision that allows the immediate deportation of migrants who come from a country that's infected with some kind of virus like COVID-19. They tell us, well, these people are being immediately deported. In July, let's look at the actual number here. In July, 212,672 migrants were encountered at the southern border. Only 95,788 resulted in Title 42 expulsion. That's not a very good percentage. That's not a good percentage at all. But does the mainstream media report that? No, no. The mainstream media, CNN in particular, pretends that all of these migrants are turned back because of Title 42. No, not true. Story number three, um, a health official. This woman is psychotic, absolutely psychotic. A health official in New South Wales is actually telling fully vaccinated people. And by the way, this would be egregious even if she was talking to anybody, vaccinated or not, but it's on a different level, of extreme, a different level of insanity to tell vaccinated people not to talk to each other. Not to talk to each other, not to talk to your next door neighbor, not to talk to anybody in the grocery store because of COVID-19. Take a listen to this.
1: We all need to work together. We need to limit our movements. We need to consider whenever we leave our house that anyone with us, anyone we come into contact with, could convey the virus. So whilst it is in human nature to engage in conversation with others, to be friendly, um, unfortunately, this is not the time to do that. So even if you run into your next door neighbour in the shopping centre, in the Coles, whilst you at Coles Wars or Aldi or any other um, grocery shop, don't start up a conversation. Now is the time for minimizing your interactions with others. Even if you've got a mask, do not think that affords total protection. We want to be absolutely sure that as we go about our daily lives, we do not come into contact with anyone else that would pose a risk. Can you
0: even imagine? I mean, talk about inhumanity. She's dehumanizing people to the point where she's telling them not to greet each other, not to talk to people. Now is not the time to be friendly, even though it's human nature. I don't know how this woman got her job, but it should be taken away from her immediately. This is beyond Orwellian. But did the mainstream media report to you the extreme that public health officials are going to in the name of COVID-19? No, no, they did not. Story number four is extremely gross. It's extremely tragic. It's gro- it's grotesque. It's disturbing. A photograph of a toddler, a small child, barely older than a baby, standing near a group of men dressed in bondage gear. We're talking kinky sexual outfits. Take a look at this photo first so you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who are listening to this, it's a group of men standing in bondage outfit. You know, black leather outfits, sexual fetish outfits, and a child is standing in between them. A two or three-year-old, I don't know how old the kid is. It's a little toddler. And this photograph should have, by the way, caused the mother of this child to be referred uh, to Child Protective Services. But no, this photograph won an award at a Pride festival in the Netherlands for being meaningful. Meaningful, iconic and meaningful. Can you believe that? The photo is called Celebrating Diversity. Apparently, the girl's mother opened, uh, opened her home for the men to change on purpose. She allowed her child to be exposed to this. And what this says to me, more than anything else, make no mistake, Satan is real. But did the mainstream media? Report on how disturbing this photograph is. They did not, of course. Story number five. This should surprise no one and, and shock us all. Google, according to a new book, Google rewrote their news algorithm in order in a specific effort to harm President Trump in, tw- in 2016. So there's a whistleblower by the name of Zach Voris who wrote a book claiming that he used to work at Google, by the way. Um, claiming that Google altered its news algorithm to target President Donald Trump. Um, He says that what Google did is their algorithm tacked new negative stories about Trump onto old ones in order to keep them at the top of the search results longer. This was a specific effort to harm Trump. And it, of course, has a big impact on what people think when they see these um, search results, these these instant search results come before their eyes. Absolutely shocking. But did the mainstream media report on that? Oh, no. No the mainstream media did not. Since they won't tell you the truth, since they won't expose reality, since they refuse to read the facts, report the facts, digest the facts, analyze the facts, speak the facts, I will. On that note, the great and powerful Jay Hay says, unfortunately, we are out of time for today. We will be back soon. In the meantime, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. I like to read them all. Please give us five stars. And before we are back, think for yourself. Use critical thought, question authority, follow the facts, and don't let government or corporate wokism or cultural Marxism or anybody bully you into being a squish. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I am Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay, executive producer, Chad Abbott, director of photography, Kevin McRoberts, editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. assistant editor, Michael Wall, sound mixer, Robin Fenderson, post-production manager, Victoria Metzl, director of marketing, Emily Washler, production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler, and senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.